Shalom to all. Today's office is Cotton Daf Yud Gimel. We are starting Yud Beis Amud Beis. Eight lines up for the bottom with the brand new Mishnah. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Maris Miriam, Sarah, Basib Yaakov, Maisha, Her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantav, Ben Rab Asher Anshul, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. And we continue talking about the Lachas of Cholamay. The Mishnah says Machas Adam Peres Amen Aganavim. A person is allowed to bring his fruit inside his house on Cholamay because he's afraid it's going to get stolen. Bishal Pishdanim in Amisha, he's allowed to take his flax out from where it's soaking. Bishvil Shleitayvet, so it doesn't get ruined. However, these things are only permitted if he doesn't schedule his melacha to be done on Chalmite. He knows that during the year he's very busy and he figures that on Chalmite he's going to have a lot of time so he's going to do it on Chalmite. That he is not allowed to do. He's not allowed to schedule it to be done on Chalmite. Only if it happens to be that it falls out that he needs to do it on Chalmite so then he could do it then. But he's not allowed to schedule it to be done then. And Vakulan, Im Kevnu If a person did schedule his melacha to be done on Chalmite, he has to lose it, meaning he has to suffer a loss and he's not allowed to benefit from it. Now the Gemara addresses the first part of the Mishnah. We have a brass as long as he brings the fruit inside his house, but in private, he has to do it in a quiet manner. Now, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef had beams and he didn't want something happening to them. So, Ailinu Mama, he brought them into his house in the middle of the day. Amrle Abaye, Abaye asked him, Vatan, you have a bracelet that says, As long as he brings them inside his house in a private manner and you brought them into your house in the middle of the day. So, Amrle, he said, It's sinner, the Hani Yimamahu. The way to bring these beams inside the house privately is actually doing them during the day. Since at nighttime we would need extra people to bring them in, we would also need torches of fire. So, then that would actually make a whole toodaloo, it would make a big deal and everyone see it. So, it's actually better to bring them in during the day and not at night. And the Mishnah said, Vishal Pishtanim in Amishra, and we had concluded by saying that if a person was mechavin his melacha on the might, he scheduled his melacha done on Chalmait, so then he has to suffer a loss and he's not allowed to benefit from it. The Gemara tells us, Let's say this person scheduled his melacha done on Chalmait, and then he died and he didn't have a chance to benefit from it. Are his children allowed to benefit from that work, or do we knas his children and say that his children are not allowed to benefit from that either? Now, Imtim Slimer, if you want to suggest, says the Gemara Yud Gimel Amad Alpha. That if he makes a nick, if he makes a cut in the ear of a bukhar, so his children get a knas after him. Now, this is referring to a bukhar, a firstborn kosher animal. We know it has to be given to a kayan unless it has a mum, which in that case the owner is allowed to keep it himself. So if one intentionally cut the bukhar's ear, he's not allowed to benefit from it. And if he dies, neither may his children. So perhaps that's different, Mishum because that's an Isr Daraisa. And if you want to say, a person sells his non Jewish slave to a non Jew, and then that person dies, we are going to knas his children after him. This is talking about the that someone is not allowed to sell their non-Jewish slave to a non-Jew, and if they did, they have to buy him back. And if he died, his children have to buy the slave back. Perhaps that's different also. Every single day that this non-Jewish slave is by a non-Jewish owner, so he's not able to perform mitzvahs. We know that a non-Jewish slave has to keep mitzvahs like a woman has to keep mitzvahs, and therefore, as long as his non-Jewish slave is by a non-Jewish owner, he's not able to do mitzvahs. So that's why the children are kanas, and they have to make sure to buy that evan back. But Hachamai, what about the case over here when a person scheduled his work to be done on Chalamayin? Gavra Kanas Rabbanim Vahalese, did their Rabbanim Kanas? Did they penalize this person himself and he's not here anymore because he died? Adilmar, perhaps, a minor Kanas Rabbanim Vahalese, did they Kanas? Did they penalize this money that he made by performing his work on Chalamayin, and that money is still here, and therefore his sons would not be allowed to benefit from that either? So Amrlai Rabzai responded, Tani we learned it. Sadish and Skafta If he had cleared his field from thorns on Shemitah, Tizr and Shviyas, he's allowed to plant it on Maitishviyas. But in Taiva and Daira, if he had fertilized it, this is two different ways of fertilizing it. If he had fertilized it on Shemitah, Light Tizr and Shviyas, so then he's Kanas and he is not allowed to plant it on Maitishviyas. And Rabbi Rabbis Rachanina, Rabbis Rachanina says, and Akhtinan, we know that Hetiva Umez, if he had fertilized it and then he died, Benazira, his son is allowed to plant it on Mitzvah Shemitah. Amo, we see from here, Lididei Kansar Abanan Libri, like Kansar Abanan, when it comes to Shemitah, they knast him and not his child. Hachanami, so too over here, when it comes to scheduling his work on Chalamayid, Lididei Kansar Abanan Libri, like Kansar Abanan, they only knast him and not his child. And another riot to this, Amr Abai, he says, Nakhtinan, we know that Timet Haris of Mes, like Kansar Abanan Achrav, if Reuven was Matame the Tahris of Shimon, and then he died, his children are not knast after him, they do not have to pay for that. 
time. And why is that? Because hezek she'en and nicker loish mehezek. A damage which is not recognizable is not called a damage. It's not really recognizable that he damaged anything. He made something that was taher tame. And the only reason why he would have to pay in that scenario is because of knas. Eli de kantzerabanan libreli kantzerabanan. They can ask only him, and they did not knas his children. And more about chalamai. The Mishnah says in loichin batem avadim behema elotzer chalamai. A person is not allowed to buy a house, a slave, or an animal unless he needs it for chalamai. Elotzer chalamai chash elamayachal. Or if he wants to buy it for the benefit of the one selling it, because one selling it doesn't have what to eat, so then you're allowed to buy it from him. Now the Gemara asks, Ba'aminei Rav Merav Nachman, Schar Pu'ula She'elam Ayoy Chamahu. What about if a person wants to hire himself out? He wants to do work because he doesn't have what to eat. Is he allowed to do that in Chalamayin? So Amalei Tanina, we learned this in our Mishnah. Ayutzar Chamaycha She'elam Ayoy Chal. A person is allowed to buy something from someone selling it because that person doesn't have what to eat. So Asuyeh Maya, what's that coming to include? Lava Asuyeh Schar Pu'ula is not coming to include someone's allowed to hire himself out if he doesn't have what to eat. So Amalei he responded, Loy, that's not a raya. Prusha Kamafarish. The second part of the statement is just explaining the first part of the statement. Ayutzar Chamaycha, you're allowed to buy something from the Maycha, and why is he selling it? And why are you allowed to buy it from him? Because he doesn't have what to eat. But that's not a riot that if a person doesn't have what to eat, he's allowed to hire himself out on Chalamayin. Now, Asi Abayabai is going to bring a riot for this. A person's not to write a loan document on Chalamayin. Reuven's lending Shimon money. We're not allowed to fill out a loan document to say that Reuven lent Shimon money. However, if he doesn't trust him, or the scribe doesn't have what to eat, so then we are allowed to write this document. And now we infer from here, what's a statement of coming to include? Is it not coming to include that a person's allowed to hire himself out if he doesn't have what to eat. This scribe doesn't have what to eat, so we're allowed to write this loan document so we could give him money so he could buy food with it. Shmami, no, we see from here, we have a riot. If a person doesn't have what to eat, he's allowed to hire himself out on Chalamay to do work. But now, my Rosh Hashem, he asks a question on this. We have a riot that says, There are three craftsmen that are allowed to do their work on Erev Pesach all the way up until Chatzos. Tailors, barbers, and launderers. The reason why tailors are allowed to do that is because a headyot, a layman, a regular person, he's allowed to sew normally even a chalamayid, so therefore we see that this is a certain type of malacha which we're more makel with, and therefore even on Erev Pesach up until Chatzos, we're allowed to do that. Hasapar and Mekayvsin, these people are to do work on Erev Pesach up until Chatzos, that's because Shekin Habayim Dina Sayyam, Vayetim Besasurin, someone who comes from overseas or they got let out of jail on Chalamayid, Mutan Lasapar Lachavs, Bukhash Shamayid, they're allowed to take a haircut, they're allowed to wash their clothing on Chalamayid, so we see this is a type of work which we're much more makel with on Chalamayid, so therefore even Erev Yantif we're more makel with. Now here comes a question from if you want to tell me that on Chalamayin, a person is allowed to hire himself out to buy food, all sorts of malachas should be permitted on Erev Pesach, not just these three that we mentioned, because we have all sorts of work that are allowed to be done on Chalamayin, so we should be allowed to do all sorts of work on Erev Pesach as well. So it must be that a person is not allowed to hire himself out on Chalamayin if he needs to buy food. But now we're going to knock away that question because Masculine or Papa, if Papa asks on Rav Sheshes, if so, if from here, meaning based on your assumption that any malacha permitted on Chalamayin is also permitted on Erev Yantif, that can't be because Binyan Lishri, we should be permitted to build on Erev Yontif. If there's a wall leaning into the Shusarabim, we're allowed to dismantle it and rebuild it because of the danger on Chalmayit itself. So we should be permitted to build something on Erev Yontif as well. And we know we're not allowed to. And now Maskal Ravina, he asked a similar question on Rav Sheshes El Based off of that, Lavler Lishri, a scribe, a cipher, should be permitted to do work on Erev Yontif. Because on Chalmayit itself, we're allowed to write a Kiddushin or a Getin or a receipt. So Alan Rav Sheshes, he concludes, you're asking a question from that which is allowed to be done on Chalamite to that which is allowed to be done on Erev Yantif on the 14th. Mai, the reason why you're usually not allowed to do work on Chalamite is Mishum Tirchu because it's extra Tirchu. Makam say the Sharaban. However, when it comes to the case of a loss, when you're not going to have any food, you're not going to have any money, so the Rabban allow you to do it. Arba Asar, the reason why you're allowed to do work on the 14th on Erev Yantif Mishum Tirch Yantifu, that's only for Yantif. Mid Tirch Yantif Sharaban, Mid Lad Tirch Yantif Lad Sharaban, something which is necessary for Yantif, so then the Cham allowed you to do it, something which is not necessary for Yantif, the Cham did not allow you to do. And the Mishnah continues. Anyway, finally, the Bias, the Bias, Avalam, final. 
destroy. A person is allowed to move utensils or items or different things from one house to another on Chalamite, but he is allowed to move them to a house in his chater. And Mivim Kalim Beis Uman, you're not allowed to bring Kalim from the craftsman's house. You drop them off on Erev Yontif to get fixed. You're not allowed to pick them up on Yontif on Chalamite. But Im Chashulahen, if you are afraid that something's going to happen to them, so then Mafan Lachatzar Cheres, you're allowed to move them to a different chater. The Gemara asks on the first part of the Mishnah. You said in the beginning of the Mishnah, Ain Mifan and Klal, that you're not allowed to move them at all. And then you said you are allowed to move them to the Chatzar. Now, what exactly is the question? So, the current understanding of the Mishnah is that one is not allowed to move items from one house to another house in two different Chatzaras, but one is allowed to move items to his own house in his own Chatzar, even though the items are being moved from a different Chatzar. But that makes no sense. That's still considered moving them from one house to another. So, Amar Bahi answers Seifa when the Seifa says, Avom Afan, Hula Chatzaroi, Asan that's talking about a bias in the Chatzar. It doesn't mean you're allowed to move them from a different house in a different Chatzar to your house in your Chatzar. It means you're allowed to move them within the same Chatzar, so then there's no problem. And our Mishnah said, Ve'en Mavil Kalim Bis Uman, you're not allowed to bring your Kalim from the house of the Uman, from the house of the craftsman. He was fixing them at Erev Yantif. You're not allowed to pick them up on Cholamide. Amar of Papa, he says, Badaklan Rava, Rava checked us, he tested us to see how well we knew our stuff. Tanan, our Mishnah says, En Mavil Kalim Bis Uman, you're not allowed to bring your Kalim from the Uman's house. But for a minute, we have a different member that says, Melichin Mavil Kalim Bis Uman, you are allowed to bring your Kalim from and even to the base of Uman. Vafal Pishain and Sar Chamaid, even though they're not for Yantif use. Vishanin Lay, so we answered him, Kan Barbasar, Kan Bachal Shamaid. One's talking about on the 14th, one's talking about on Erev Yantif, one's talking about on Cholamaid. On Cholamaid, you're not allowed to pick them up from the Uman's house, but on Erev Yantif, you are allowed to pick them up from his house. Ibai Samo. Alternatively, we answered him, Hava Hava Chal Shamaid. Actually, both of them are talking about on Cholamaid. Kan Bahamino, Kan Bashain Bahamino. One's talking about where you trust him, so you're not allowed to pick up your Kalim from him. But one's talking about where you don't trust him, you don't trust your Kalim in his house, he might sell them to someone else, he might demand payment a second time, so therefore you are allowed to pick them up on Cholamaid. And you'd give him a on top of Atan, you actually have a brass to support that. Mevim Kalim Besu Uman, you are allowed to bring the Kalim from the Uman's house. Kigan, for example, Kan Bes Akadu, you're allowed to bring the pitcher from the potter's house, the Kaisen Bes Hazagog, or a cup from the glassmaker's house. Avaloitzer and Bes Hatzaba, you're not allowed to bring your wool from the dyer's house, like Kalim Bes Uman, and not Kalim from the Uman's house. And if him Elam Ayochav, he doesn't have what to eat, nice and less hard, you should pay him his wages, and Menicha Etzloy, and leave the Kali with him. If him Elam Amino, if you don't trust him, then Menicha Bes Hasamachloy, you can leave it in the house next to him. If him Chashulam Shami Yiknavu, if you're afraid they're going to be stolen, then Mevim Betsin and Besach Bes, you should bring them into your house in private. So we see from here that we have a brass. If you don't trust him, so you're allowed to actually pick up the Kali on Chalamaid. So Rav responds to them, Taratsa Mevin, you've explained Mevin that you're allowed to bring it from his house. Aramisha says you're not allowed to bring it from his house. His other member says you are allowed to bring it from his house. So here you have a great answer. But Melich and Kashu, we still have a problem about bringing it to his house. The Tani Aramish that said, Ain Mevin, you're not allowed to bring it from his house. Well, Shakane ain't Melich, and for sure you're not allowed to bring it to his house. And our previous member said you're allowed to bring it from and bring it to his house. So it seems to be there's a discrepancy in bringing it to his house as well. So we say, Al Machmartik is Shinime Kar, it's clearly like what we had said previously. The difference is the 14th or on Chalamaid. On the 14th, you're allowed to bring it to and from his house, but on Chalamaid, you're not allowed to bring it even from his house. And the Mishnah says, Mechapin is like Tzayas Bekash. You're allowed to cover cut figs with straw. You had left them out in the field to dry and you're afraid it's going to rain on them, so you're allowed to take straw and you're allowed to put it on the figs. Rabbi Yehuda, he says, Afma'avin, you're allowed to even make it thick, and we're going to explain the Gemara what that means. Mechapin repairs Ksus Vekalim, people that sell fruit, clothing, and utensils. Mechapin Metzina, Lutzar Chamaid, they're allowed to sell it in private, Lutzar Chamaid. The reason why they're not allowed to sell it in public because it looks to other people as if they're selling it even for after Yontif. People buy clothing and utensils and even fruit for after Chalamaid, so it looks like they're engaging in normal commerce on Chalamaid, so therefore they're only allowed to sell a Betsinah. Hatsayadin, trappers, Vadashashis, and grain crushers, Vagrosis, and bean grinders, Eisen Betsinah, Lutzar Chalamaid, they're only allowed to do that Betsinah for the Maid, but they're not allowed to do it in public, because when they do it in public, it looks like they're doing it even for after Chalamaid. Rabbi Yisrael, he says, Hey, Mechmira Atzman, they were actually Machmira on themselves. I think where says, Pligibar of Chibar Abba of Rav Asi, they argue that Chirayimish made the Chizk of Rabbi Yechon, and they're both arguing in the name of Chizk and Rabbi Yechon. Chadam, or one of them says, What does Machapin and Ara Mishnah mean that you're allowed to cover this over with straw? Akluche, you're allowed to spread the straw far apart. And Ma'avin, what does that mean? Rabbi Huda says you're allowed to even be Ma'ave, that's Asmuche, you're allowed to even closely pack the straw together. The Chadam, or one of them says, Mechapin means Ben Akluche, Ben Asmuche, you're allowed to even pack it closely together or you're allowed to spread it apart however you want. And Ma'avin, 
what does that mean? Ice and ice, I come in Kri. You're allowed to make it like a pile. You're allowed to take all your figs and bring them into a pile, even though that's a lot of tircha. Nonetheless, you're allowed to do that, prevent it from getting ruined. And Hainami Hachu, you have a breast like that, that's actually what the definition of it is. Is Ma'avin, Ice and Ice, I come in Kri, Divi Rabbi Huda, that's Rabbi Huda's opinion. When it said, Meicher Peres, Ksus Vakim, Meicher Metzina, and Rabbi Yesia had said that they were Machmer on themselves. So now the Gemara asks, Ibail Hu, Hainachmir al Atma, they were Machmer on themselves, do I have Avdi Klal, that they wouldn't do it at all in Chalmite? I don't want to have Avdi Betzina, or what we're saying is that they were Machmer on themselves by doing a Betzina and not doing it in open. And so Tashma, we have a Brisa, Meicher Peres, Ksus Vakim, Meicher Metzina, Lutar Chalmite, they have to sell it in private, only Lutar Chalmite, Rabbi Yesia Emer, he says, Tagre Tveria, these merchants of Tveria, Hainachmir al Atma, they were Machmer on themselves, Shalayu Meichen Kal Iker, they wouldn't do it at all, so we see that being Machmer on yourself means not to do it at all. These trappers, they're only allowed to do it if it's for yontif purposes. Rabbi Yaisi Emer, he says, the trappers of Akai, they wouldn't trap at all on yontif. Those that are crushing up they would do this only Rabbi Yaisi Emer, he says, these crushers of Tzipari, they were machmer on themselves, that they wouldn't do it at all. So here we have an answer that when we say that they're machmer on themselves, it means not to do it at all. And now that we just mentioned Chilka Targis and Tisni, we want to define what that actually is. Amr Abayi says, Chilka Chadla Tarti, Targis is Chadla Tlas, Tisni is Chadla Arba. Chilka is when you take a kernel of grain and you split it into two, Targis is when you split it into three, and Tisni is when you split it into four. But now we have an argument about what Chilka is. Kiyos Rav Dimi, Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael. Amr, he said, Kunta, the Chilka is actually Kunta, which is referring to spelt. We're not talking about wheat. We're not talking about cutting wheat into pieces. It's just talking about spelt. Now, Mesa, we're going to ask a question of Dimi's definition of what Chilka is. Chilka Targis Vitisni says the Brasa, Tamei Machamakim, they're going to be Tamei in any place. Now we need to have a little bit of a background to this. We know that food can only be Mikabal Toma once it undergoes Hechsher. It becomes susceptible to Toma, and that happens once it becomes wet with one of the seven liquids wine, blood, oil, milk, dew, honey, and water. Now, a nice way of remembering this is a mnemonic of Yad Shachat Dam Yud for Yayin, Dalad for Dam, Shin for Shemen, Ches for Chalav, Tes for Tal, Dalad for Dvash, and Mem for Mayim. So, when dealing with flour, depending on where it comes from, depends if it was Hechsher Likabal Toma, because some are not Makpit to soak the kernels in water before grinding. This was done in order to remove all the bran. However, with Chilka Targos and Tisni, it must be soaked before going through this process, and is definitely Mokshir Lakabal Toma. So now we analyze Bishlam Lamandamar. We understand according to Mandamar, the Chilka Targus and Tisni is Chadla Tartila Tlas Larba. It's one into two, three, and four. Mishamachit Tmein Machamakam. That's why it's going to be Tame in any place. Deskasher, because it was Mokshir Lakabal Toma. It was soaked in water before you were able to pound it into two pieces, three pieces, or four pieces. El Mandamar Kunta, but according to Mandamar, they were just talking about spelt. Hamatmein Machamakam. Why would he be Tame in all places? Holoyaskasher never underwent Hechshir Lakabal Toma because it was never touched by liquid. So we answer it's actually not true. It actually could be Mokshir Lakabal Toma Kagandim Akalfin. We're talking about where he peeled off the outer layer of the spelt. The lav de if it wasn't soaked in water, loy hava makalfa, we wouldn't be able to peel off the outer layer. So actually, even if we're going to say that chilka is kunta, it could be that it was moksha lekabel toma. Eva my karle chilka, why is it called chilka? The shakal chilkayu, because now that you remove this outer layer, it's very smooth, and chalak is lashon of smooth. But now, maybe we ask another question of Dimi, hanoidem and adagan, if a person made a nether that he's not going to benefit from dagan, from grain, asur afa pula mitzri yavish, he's not going to benefit from pula mitzri yavish, which is this Egyptian bean, which is dry, or mutter b'lach, he's allowed to benefit from this moist or fresh Egyptian bean, Umatur Ba'iris, he is allowed to have rice with Chilka Targus and Tisni, he's also allowed to have Chilka Targus and Tisni. So Bishlam Landa Amr, we understand according to the Mandamar, the Chilka Targus and Tisni are Chadla Tati, Chadla Tas, Chadla Arba, it's one piece of grain into two, three, or four. So Shapir, so we understand why he's allowed to benefit from it, even though he said he's not going to benefit from grain, the Nafkulim Matayar's Dagan, because they're not considered Dagan anymore. Now that you cut it into two, three, or four pieces, not considered grain. El Mandamar Kunta, but according to the Mandamar, the Chilka is Kunta, so Dagan Ma'ayuhu, that's considered like regular grain, you haven't crushed it up, it's still whole, it's still a whole kernel of 
spelt. So Gemara says, Kasha, you're right, that's a Kasha and Rav Dimi. And now back to Cholamite. Halachas Rav Huna, Sharlul, Hanu Krufais, Lamezel, Zvunun, Kerachayo, Bishuka. Rav Huna allowed these spice sellers to sell like normal out in the marketplaces. They didn't have to do it, but sinna didn't have to be done in private. They could sell like regular in the marketplace. But now, Esar of Khan, Rav Khan asks a question. Chanus Psuchal Istav, Pasech Vanel Kadarkai. If a person has a store that's open into like the bench area, it's kind of a private area, so then he could open his store like normally on Cholamite. Psuchal Shusram, but if it's open directly into the Shusram, Pasech Achas Vanel Achas, so then he could keep one door open, but he has to keep one door closed because that shows that he's only open temporarily for business. He's not opening for business like normal on Chalmaid. And for Erev Yantav Achron Shachag, Erev the last day of Sukkot, Maitu Ma'atav Shukay Yerub Pears, a person is actually allowed to take out all their fruits, all their produce, and put it out in the marketplace that adorns the marketplace with fruits. That's Bishvil Kavod Yantav Achron because of Kavod Yantav Achron Shachag. So Erev Yantav last day of Sukkot, commerce is allowed to be done normally. But what do we see from here? Bnei Kavod Yantav Achron in Shalom Bnei Kavod Yantav Loi. We're only allowed to do this because of Kavod of the last day of Yantav, but not all the rest of Chalmaid. The rest of Chalmaid we have to sell, but sinna we have to sell in private. So why is it these spice sellers were allowed to sell in public? So we answer like Asha, there's no problem. Habaperi, Habatavlin, one's talking about fruit, one's talking about spices. People will buy fruit for long periods of time, and therefore, if a person can be selling fruit on Chalmite, it's going to look as if they're selling it for even after Chalmite. However, spices, people only buy for the time being, they only buy for what they need for Yantif, and therefore, the spice sellers are allowed to sell like normal on Chalmite. Hajalach Misha Havach Mazdar, we're finishing the second pair of Chalmite cotton. We should be going to finish this Mesech together, and of course, all of Shas together. Everyone should have a wonderful day.